When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So full team for this week's Tripe Supper. Uh, we're going to start, uh, we'll talk about the Cup and, and Borough's game against Oxford on Saturday. We're going to start just talking about the league position. Um, Phil, Vic, John, I said I was listening to Sunday Supplement back from the weekend and, and they were talking about the battle at the bottom and obviously all the teams and focusing on each one and the improvement of Hull and Swansea and, and, uh, and Sunderland's inconsistencies. Borough weren't mentioned at all, which, which I thought was an interesting one as to whether, you know... I, uh, Vic, you said that maybe it's because Borough aren't the story, but but then if 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 they were going to get sucked in, you'd think they'd have to be discussed. Uh, are Borough going under the radar a bit in 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 possibly possibly a negative sense? Uh, well, uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, you you say that that was the discussion on Sunday supplement. It, it was similar on Match of the Day too last week. Uh, they brushed over the teams at the bottom, uh, and again, Borough were were just mentioned in passing that they they're still in the mix. Uh, I think it's possibly because they've never actually been in the bottom three and they've always been that, that little cushion uh, above the drop zone. And I think maybe Pundit, and Pundits earlier in the season made their mind up on, on how Borough were. They're going to be very hard to beat. Uh, they don't score any goals, but they've got enough to grind it out. And that's been the default position all the way through. It's only, I think... Uh, here on Teesside that we've got nervous since the, the afternoon of the Spurs match where all the results went out against Borough for the first time and suddenly the, the, bottom, the bottom lurched closer to Borough and that, that four-point cushion was kind of uh, whittled away a bit. Uh, I think most of the pundits probably see Borough as being kind of just above and f- almost fixed in that position. Uh, and... There's not a lot about the way Borough play that an outsider neutral is going to grab hold of and, and go away from a game thinking, oh, you know what, Borough really stood out because of X. Borough don't stand out. Uh, that, in some ways, is you know, the key part of their, their, uh, their strategy, their tactical strategy, is to keep it tight, keep it organised, stifle the game uh, and nick one. Uh, it's very hard to sell that as a story. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it a compliment to Borough? No, I think I think it's I think it's, I don't think there's anything scientific about it. I think there's two things. I think the club didn't help themselves in the summer when they signed people like Valdez and Negredo and didn't didn't have open press conferences for the media. They were big signings by anybody's standards. So Borough's transfer business in the summer went under the radar, and I think Borough's promotion a little bit went under the radar as well, outside of our own Teesside bubble. I think the second reason they doesn't get discussed is because they're not very well informed about Middlesbrough. I don't think most of the people on that show watch Middlesbrough very often. I haven't seen them at many Borough games. Uh, I noticed the um, they can talk for fifteen or twenty minutes about Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal. You know whether or not Arsene Wenger is going to get sacked for the third time this month. Um, and yet they were asked a question about Pulis and Mark Hughes, and they struggled to string more than a sentence or two together because they they're just not informed about those clubs. I think that says more about them than Middlesbrough, frankly. Um, and, and and you cannot do an analysis of the relegation zones in the Premier League and not mention Middlesbrough. You know, before the weekend, they were a point above the bottom three. So I just think that, I think 
I think those are the two reasons why Brewer don't get mentioned a lot. Um, they're not a sexy story outside Teesside, which is a shame because there's a lot to write about. The story in the Premier League this year was always going to be about the, the top you know, the top six, really, wasn't it? You've, you've got people like Klopp, Mourinho, Guardiola. They, they put bums on seats. They, they get the figures. Um, and, and it's no surprise. I mean, Rick is right. I mean, Borough have been pretty unremarkable, and that's not in a negative sense. I mean, they, what, what gets... Headlines when you when you're in the bottom in the bottom third is either big defeats which Borough haven't had. I mean I think the biggest might be what, what Everton three three one, um, and when new managers come in and, and equally Borough haven't had any of them. Whereas kind of Hall Palace and Swansea have. But I think it was interesting. I think we all saw the piece in the Guardian last week where it kind of had an interesting analogy that if the Premier League was a party, Borough would turn up empty-handed and sulk in the kitchen. And the point was basically that negatively or positively, Borough have made little impact on the Premier League to outsiders. And I think that's probably fair. I mean, obviously, we, we cover Borough week in, week out, and we think you know, Borough are on course, they're doing well. But to the you know, people outside of Teesside, there's not much headline-grabbing to be had, is there? So it's no surprise it's under the radar. I mean, m- most of the media work with nice little snappy pen pictures. And, you know, we know Sunderland, oh, Jermaine Defoe scoring the goals, that, that's what they need. And we know that Palace is all about Sam Allardyce's amazing record and never being relegated. So you, you need little pen pictures. And the pen picture of Borough probably is a bit dull, plodding away, probably got enough. And that, that's not an exciting sell. So the plan is to keep going like that until the end of the season. If, if they keep not being mentioned, it means they're doing something right, I guess. Yeah, well, it, it means that, or it means that they're just not catching the eye of the people who happen to turn up on Sunday supplement that particular Sunday. But if they don't go in the relegation, if they go in the relegation zone, the biggest. We're not a story yeah. all season. It, it'll be successful. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. If if that continues into next year, it'd be very hard to, to sell it not just to the media but to the Borough fans. Borough, Borough fans have been patient this year because they understand what the dynamic is. Uh, but you know that you, you can't you can't play football and, and watch football like that forever. I mean the, the Sunday supplement after Aitor's post-match comments against West Ham that that should have been a major topic. Premier League manager has a go at his own fans. No, now th- if that had been Everton or uh, West Ham, you know West Ham just after you know um, just after coffin coffin you know it's on it's on Sunday supplement for twenty minutes. The same with Palace. There's a, there is a London bias in the national press. You know, that was a story that should have been discussed at length. Likewise, his put his pre his, his, his pre match comments ahead of the West Brom match. That would but that would suggest that they're interested in what happens at Middlesbrough. Now, I, I understand that as somebody who's a national new football writer can't know everything that's going on at every given club. But when Borough do make the headlines, then you'd you'd, you'd imagine it to yeah, be. Yeah, but the easy story for the the Nationals that day was. Andy Carroll's two goals. Is he back in the England yeah. frame? But before that, I mean, the, before the West Brom game, the, the comments about the transfer policy and the swipe at the hierarchy was covered extensively, and it did go everywhere. And obviously, you had David Gold on Talksport talking about how oh, Cranker is cracking up. Quote: um, That's the biggest intrigue, I think. Uh, you know, certainly amongst the the pundits, among people outside of Teesside, is I saw Cranker because he remains this kind of very mysterious man. I think where he doesn't give much away, he doesn't have. Kind of post-match you know, outbursts like a lot of the other managers, but he's still what some something's bubbling underneath there that people can see. He is a man of mystery, and, and I think that is what the focus is going to be over the next few well, months. Well, it's frankly, he's not box office, is he? Outside this area, you know, he's a he's, he had a fantastic playing career, and when he came to the country briefly, it was a story. But 
Um, everyone's dis- mentioned Mourinho. Dis- despite, the, despite, despite the fact that he's invited just about every senior football writer in the country to Rockliffe for a one-to-one interview over the past six months, that hasn't helped really raise his profile because um, the simple fact is Middlesbrough go under, have always gone under the radar in the Premier League. This is nothing new, apart from obviously the robson Janino years when it was, a, it was a news story that did go global. Um, you know, pretty much the McLaren years, Borough were almost patronised in the coverage. It was all, oh, look at plucky little Borough, despite the fact they had players like Mark Viduka, Yakubu, uh, Gareth Southgate, really top draw players. Uh, and that, that explains the reason why um, Steve McLaren got the England job, despite Middlesbrough battling for relegation for part of that season, because people didn't really understand the bigger picture on side. It's not like Newcastle, who are a big story. Um, it's always been for me in covering Middlesbrough. It's always been a battle for the club to get recognition. I think if if you look just up the road as well, if, if you are uh, someone from outside of Teesside, you come into the northeast to cover a game at the weekend. I mean, the story the Sunderland are, are pretty much you know staring at the Championship, aren't they? They're that far down. That's the, probably the story. They're they're the one that you'd probably go to if you're thinking, right? I want the headline. I want some drama. I want to see a team get beat four 0 at home. That's they're the kind of team you go to. Not a Borough who who will probably you know. Keep plugging away and, and you know, the likes of yeah. Well, you talk, you talk to them. We all do. We talk to the lads who work for the for the who who are the national press writers who are based in the northeast, and they'll be perfectly honest. It's a very hard sell to get a Middlesbrough story in their papers. It, it just is. It's the fact of life. Unless there's a huge, unless it's Emerson running off back to Rio or Janino signing, it, it really is a tough sell to get. You know, you could ask why that should be. You could say again, it's it's a southern bias in the Premier League, or an obsession with Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Man City. Uh, there's a little bit of that as well, but it has it is it is difficult, and 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 I think they've always suffered a little bit with Newcastle, with the constant um, headlines coming out of Newcastle with people like Kevin Keegan, and you know even going back as far as the Shepherd years, and 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 that kind of kind. Newcastle have always been, as we've described it, box office. And and unfortunately, Middlesbrough kind of fall under the, in their shadow a little bit. Trello, you touched on Sunderland there. The, 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 there, uh, when you look at the teams in the bottom seven, and I think you, you do class Bournemouth in there now. Every team at the minute, you know, Swansea are improving, Hull are improving, Leicester and Palace are doing the direct opposite. Sunderland are the ones where you can't really put a finger on what they're doing. Yeah, and that's the danger, isn't it? I mean, in previous seasons, you you've thought that right, they're they're doomed, they're, they've got, but then then they've kind of shocked everyone really by pulling some outrageous results out winning at Old Trafford and that kind yeah Sunderland are, are weird ones this year where you look at them and they should be down and out and, and the league table and, and the odd results like the Southampton game they should be down and out but I just always look at them I don't think they're going to go this year I still look at Defoe and I still think he is you know, it was interesting we, were, we looked at each team's strengths and weaknesses this week and I kind of agreed with someone that commented and saying you know, every other team's weakness is they haven't got Jermaine Defoe, which Sunderland do have, and that, he will score what eight or nine goals between now and the end of the season. Can anyone else in the in the bottom six say that about any of the strikers? So yeah, Sunderland are the ones that you just don't know. But as you say, there are. I mean, it is starting to take shape. You've got teams that are plummeting, which is always the case. You've got teams that are starting to pick up form at the right time of the table. But equally, I think Borough are one of them as well to the outside, where you don't really know about them either. They're just plugging away, and it could go either way, couldn't it? I think Borough played better against the better clubs. I said this the last time we talked. I think you know that was a good performance against Evan, probably the best home performance of the season. Uh, now, when they when they've got Sunderland here, which Borough is going to turn up? You'd hope it's the same team that played Everton, but there is a degree of inconsistency, isn't there? 
Um, we saw them made hard, saw them make hard work of beating Hull, um, but yet again they beat Bournemouth. So it's difficult. It's difficult to predict. I think John was right. I think those those teams at the bottom, with the exception of Leicester, who seem in free fall, and, and Palace, who can't buy a win, but. Um, it's really difficult to predict how it's going to work out. The Sunderland game, Vic, um, Andrew Glover touched on this in a piece we did earlier this week. If, if Borough beat Oxford on Saturday, the timing of it could be crucial, couldn't it, yeah. as to where it's fit yeah. in potentially there's, games a, around potentially there's a fixture headache there. If Borough were to get through the next round as well, that would be the weekend of the Bournemouth game, so that would make that a midweek as well. So, not getting ahead of myself. I'm not saying I've book, provisionally booked hotel rooms or anything. You but, but, have uh, Yes, the, the, the timing of that is vital. Uh, I tend to think that the next game is the most important anyway, and, and away to Palace is, is massive for Borough, uh, because uh, win, it's a real six-pointer. You know, we could, we, if you win that, you go six points clear of Palace, but more importantly, perhaps, you crush their morale, and that could see Palace go into a tailspin. So the, the games like that are, are vitally important. It, where it'll be won, won and lost will be those games against the bottom three, against Bournemouth and against Swansea. There's five games there that are absolutely huge and will define the season. The Cup, obviously Oxford coming on Saturday. Um, it'll be a strong team, won't it? That's all we see from, from our talk ranker in the Cup competitions. How strong do you think it'll be? Would you expect the likes of Gusted and Bamford to start? I think so. I think, I think it's the only opportunity they're going to get, really, isn't it? I mean, you saw Patrick Bamford left out of the squad, the entire squad, on, on Saturday. So that's £6 million of your January outlay that's just not involved. He has got a big squad available now and you'd like to think that if you're looking at what Borough's strongest 11 is in terms of the league, you probably know nine of them now, which is something we haven't been able to say in a while, but you probably know at least nine of them, which means that those people on the bench, you know, the likes of Bamford, probably the likes of Ledbetter, probably the likes of Danny Ayala, rightly or wrongly, um, they have to play because otherwise they might not get a game between now and the end of the season. Constantopoulos or Guzan in goal because it's a bit of an interesting one there seems to be somewhat of a, a rotation system going on with the number two at the minute yeah it's an interesting one that I, I go along with John he'll, 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 I think they'll make changes but not because he particularly thinks players need to have game time I don't think he worries too much about that he'll just pick the team he thinks can get a result without damaging the squad for the next few games um, Dimi or Guzan I don't think it really matters, does it? They're both, they're both a safe pair of hands. They both do a decent job, I'm sure. I think he'll do the usual thing and maybe make five changes, but it won't really alter the side too much. The biggest change will be up front if Negredo doesn't start because that would probably mean um, you know, playing a slightly different way to play to Gestead's strengths. We saw how good he was in the air on Saturday with that header that nearly won the game for Borough. So uh, I think he'll ring the changes, but again, it'll be, the, it'll be probably five. Does, does Ramirez start? I uh, hope so. I think he needs game time. Obviously, he didn't play for five weeks. Uh, it would be a good chance to maybe get his head focused, uh, uh, get some minutes in him, get him playing in the team shape again. And it'd be, you know, it'd be, we, we need to see him playing properly because that could be crucial in the run into the season. He's, he's the one creative spark in that team. Uh, I'm not saying that no one else can do it, but he's the one person that has a moment of magic in his boots and can change the, sh the shape and direction of, a, of the play. Uh, so we need him fit, fit and fired up and with his head right. And the best way to do that is to play well and hopefully you know, help Borough win a game. I would certainly give Adam Forshaw a rest. I think that he looked a bit tired over the last few weeks. It was interesting since Karanka mentioned he was fatigued earlier 
um, earlier this year. Um, I do think he struggled. I think that he set himself an unbelievable kind of bar in his first half of the season was sublime. And, and I know I spoke at length with you guys about it. It's the first time he's played regular football in two and a half years and he looks tired now. He looks like he needs to drop out and, and have a bit of a rest. Um, I, w- I would certainly wouldn't risk uh, ben Gibson, I don't think. Although I don't think defensive options will be too many of them. Obviously, we expect George might have a chance. You probably would play him for a half, wouldn't you? Sixty minutes, maybe. Uh, other than that, I don't think at the back here can change it too much. I mean, fullbacks. He's he's got plenty of, of problems, doesn't he? In injuries. On fullbacks, just just slightly off off uh, subject. I'd seen a tweet yesterday um, when Middlesbrough played Antonio Barragan. Oh, Antonio Barragan's yet to. Um, no, Borough haven't won without Antonio Barragan in the team. I'll get that right. Um, <clears throat> he made a good start, didn't he? And then kind of faded a little, I guess. He's, we hope he's been learned, uh, he's been practicing his throws on the training pitch. Um, Fabio's been exceptional. We, we, we're yet to see probably the, a full strength back four this year. I think Hightower Rank has been dealt a bit of a tricky hand in that mm. there's been suspensions and injuries at tough times. With a full strength back four now, is it a gimme that Fabio goes over to right back? Or is Barragan perhaps given a bit of a, a bad service sometimes? I think it de- depends on whether the manager wants solidity in a game or whether he wants to have attacking options from, from the full-backs. Uh, I think that's a case of horses for courses when he picks his team. I think most fans would like to see Fabio and, and George because they both have a cavalier instinct to get forward. Uh, they, you know, they've both got good engines. Uh, they put the ball into the box. Not always completely accurately, but that it causes problems. The problem is if you've got two fullbacks with attacking instinct, that's potentially two areas where you're vulnerable to the counter attack, and that asks big questions of the midfield to make sure they've got to be more disciplined. And then people will say, well, why are the midfield holding back? We should be pushing our bodies forward. Well, you can't have both. Yeah, I don't. If I was Aitoka Ranker, I have a feeling he might think Barragan is in front of Fabio in his pecking order. Um, he's never really been he had the challenge in front of him, has he? Where he's got Fabio Barragan and friend or fit. He's rarely had that this season. But um, I think looking back at the season, whenever Barragan's been fit, he's started. Well, I, I think I've done a piece on Fabio last week or the week before, and Fabio and George have only started in a back four together once, mm. and that was the the Accrington Cup game. So it's clearly some to start in a five. And and I talk Craig said after that Watford game, we asked him about it, and he, and he said that. Fabio and George are both perfect for that, that five at the back. But we, we are yet to see it, aren't we? I mean, I think Chambers is as good as any going forward. Um, you know, for, 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 for a player who's you know, a defender stroke centre-back, he's very good going forward. Um, Barragan's been OK, hasn't he? I wouldn't have said he's really caught the eye either being particularly bad or particularly good. He's been steady. Um, I definitely think he's Aitor's first choice when fit, or he was. And then you obviously got friend on the left hand side as well, and then your your choice between. I mean, personally, I would go with Fabio on the right, with Chambers and Gibson in the middle, and friend on the left. If that's if that's if they're all fit. But um, e- equally, you could probably make an argument that maybe Chambers is is his first choice right back now. But he's also first choice centre. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think Chambers looks much more. I think Chambers. I yeah. think there are question. Funny enough, for a defender, I think the question marks are over his defending, and maybe he's, he's full back. He's yeah, a full back, and he's probably been a bit gung ho as we saw against West Ham. He was great going forward, but Borough got done down that side time and time again. So, uh, I think it also depends on who's playing in front of that player as well. You know, Stuani is not a. 
you know, he's not an out and out right side midfielder, which is effectively the role he's been playing. And Triori, of course, as well, although he does more work than I think he gets credit for sometimes. Um, they're not necessarily orthodox right side midfielders either, who who would understand that role as as a you know defensively as well as going forward. So who maybe could drop in for a Chambers or for a Barragan when they push forward. So I think it's it's not to me it's not a huge concern that the, the right back slot. And Espinosa at centre half, Vicky he was he was excellent, wasn't he when he first came in? I thought he was immaculate at Man United, but he's coming for a little bit of criticism the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think he, he's been caught out with a couple of long balls once or twice. That's been costly. Uh, he, he came in for some criticism last week because he made a couple of couple of mistakes, and you know everyone makes mistakes. It's really easy to walk away remembering the mistake and saying he was rubbish. But I think he looked quite well organised last week. I think he's got a good relationship with with Ben now. Uh, he put a lot of tackles in. He made two cracking tackles, of really important tackles. And he headed the. Uh, there was a couple of headed clearances which were really important. But if you've decided beforehand that you don't like him, then the, you spot the mistake. Well, I think it was the direct opposite though with Espinosa. Mm-hmm. I think people decided early doors that he looked excellent. I think you can't forget that he has another pre-season, yeah. has he? I, exactly. Yeah. I, I think he's a good, solid defender. He wouldn't be the first choice. I think, I think uh, Chambers and, and Gibson are the first yeah. choice pairing. But I'm comfortable with with Espinosa. I, I don't see the panic over it. I play him on Saturday, probably alongside Dale. I think because I think Dale fries no, one. Danny. No, I probably wouldn't. I think I'd probably, I think I'd probably play Dale. I mean, Danny, um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think they all need game time. It's um, February. Yeah, I think. Yeah, looking forward. You've got a, uh, you've got someone there in Dale, and I know that I might be in the minority here, but it, the fact that he didn't go out on loan suggests to me that it's a real, it, it's a real kind of concern for his development because his career trajectory was was shooting up. You know, everyone was talking about him last season, but now he's he's at Borough and he's probably what fifth choice centre half. Now he has to play in these kind of games because he's never going to get a kick in the Premier League unless an injury happens. He's still a very young man for yeah, a centre back, and he'll be learning an awful lot from. Yeah, he should be. You know, it's, it's like that happens a lot, doesn't it, with players who get a sniff at seventeen or eighteen. They're, they're way, way ahead of schedule in many respects. You know, they're, they're, for every Wayne Rooney, there's seven or eight players who come in at that age and just disappear off the off the map. Um, I think he got his chance. He did really well as a quality player in there. I think it would have helped him being out on loan, as John O says. But I think, you know, he hasn't got to get frustrated. You know, Ben Gibson's what now, 23, 24 even, something like that. Um, so, you know, he's four years ahead. Um, Chambers, you know... He's a bit of a freak, frankly, to come through the way he did at Southampton and then obviously play for Arsenal in England. Yeah, that especially in defence. You know, if you're talking about a Jonathan Woodgate scenario there where yeah. he came through at 18, 19. So I, I, I totally agree that Fry would benefit from having games, but I don't think he should panic too much just because he's, because he's not playing. But it'd be great to see him on Saturday. And I, th- I do think Ayala has to play, actually. You know, he needs some football. Finish with predictions? Well, I'm not expecting a goals fest, put it that way. Um, I reckon it'll just be a routine two 0 I'm going to throw Ledbetter first scorer from the penalty spot in there, just for an, on the accumulator. But you'd expect—I mean, you, you wouldn't expect Borough to to slip up, would you? And I think that Oxford probably knocking out Newcastle in the last round will focus minds a little bit. It'll probably help Borough not being the victim of a, another upset. And let's be honest. I mean, they're only they're only 180 minutes away from possibly going to Wembley. So that, if nothing else, will will help focus minds as well. I think that's a good way to finish. Cheers, fellas. Thank you.